Super Bowl 55 is upon us. Welcome to the Flu Flicker NFL Show. I'm host Ari Bumar, and I am hyped. Episode 54, and I'm joined by my co-host Amal. What's up, Amal? What's up, Arib? We're just uh, one pod. We're one podcast away from matching the Super Bowl 55, 55 podcast 55. That would have been kind of cool, but that's fine. Um, unfortunate. Just, yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. But this pod, I guess, just mainly just uh, recapping, not recapping, just going over um, this uh, incredible game that's going to be happening. This is the first Super Bowl that's in Tampa Bay. And I mean, in the home, uh, that's going to be having a home team really there. Normally, the Super Bowl is uh, it's normally in a neutral stadium because most normally the team that hosts, uh, the stadium that hosts, they normally don't make it there. And the Buccaneers just so happened that this is the first time that uh, Buccaneers get to play at home for the Super Bowl. And um, they even announced, I guess this can be kind of a news thing, that the the pirate ships won't be able allowed to like blast cannons uh during the game because the purpose of the Super Bowl is to it could be a neutral uh stadium and that there's no bias towards either side so uh the Bucks weren't allowed to have that which is interesting Arib I mean kind of uh, sucks it, it does kind of suck because I think they worked so hard to make sure they play at home so I figured I figured why not they should just have like all their stuff you know and. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be Chiefs fans there, obviously, because there's a lot of Chiefs fans, too. And because um, so I, I don't know if the, that that home field advantage, it's not going to be that big. So uh, other than the fact that it's just familiarity for the Bucks. So but yeah, man, I and mean, we can so we can dive right into this game. This game uh, is happening, at I believe, at 640 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, on Sunday. On Sunday, I don't know if what you're more looking forward to the the halftime show or these uh, commercials that are going to be happening. Uh, that's going to be an interesting one for sure. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the weekend's halftime show though too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they they tend to be highlights in a positive or negative way. It's yeah, I mean that other. that that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So this podcast just a deep dive into the Super Bowl. Pretty clear pretty concise and i think we can just hop right into it all by talking about probably the two biggest faces of the nfl period and we can start off with the quarterbacks patrick mahomes versus tom brady and i know aaron Rodgers like to say and tom brady likes to say it that you're not really facing the other cornerback a quarterback you're facing the other team's defense but at the end of the day it's patrick mahomes versus tom brady and there's a lot of things to say here we're going to do a positional breakdowns and positional groupings, I guess you can say, for every single position battle in the Super Bowl, and then give our final picks. But starting with the quarterbacks, both really good quarterbacks, just flat out. Tom Brady, this is like his 75th year in the league. He still has that velocity with his arm, still has the ability to read defenses. I think it took him a while, especially early in the season, to catch fire. But he really casually threw for 40 touchdowns this year, Amal. And it really went underneath the radar because of Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers having phenomenal seasons. But through the air, Tom Brady is still very much the guy. Yeah, I mean, this is interesting. Uh, So, I mean, Tom Brady, he still looks really good, man. I think uh, this entire season, he uh, this is probably the best. Honestly, it's kind of crazy. Brady's, what, 44? Now he's about to turn 42, 44, 43, 43. Yeah. One of the, it's, well, yeah, 42 he's or 43. <laughs> he's really old. Anyways, this is probably his best three season stretch too. And, 
I mean, the, it's crazy how the way he's performing, man. And um, this is 21st season. Yeah, he's 43, and he threw for 4,600 yards, 40 TDs, 12 picks. That 40 and 12 TD to interception ratio is incredible. Honestly, if uh, if Brady didn't have all those weapons and he put up those numbers, which he's had, which he literally has done in New England, but if he didn't have all these weapons around him, uh, he'd definitely be a strong, strong consideration for MVP and would probably edge out Rodgers this year if, uh, yeah, if those numbers were there for almost any other team. But he he looked incredible this year, and uh, obviously he came up with three TDs in the first half. Uh, in the Green Bay Packers game and uh, obviously in the second half he threw three picks three picks in one quarter that's that that itself is kind of insane but regardless it's uh, it's still incredible that he's been to 10 Super Bowls and uh, he's been he's he's at the moment six and six and three and uh, he can be seven and three at the end of uh, Sunday but um, definitely the edge though for here in this quarterback uh matchup you can say honestly in terms of a career aspect you have to take tom brady because he's only lost three times and to two quarterbacks um bdn and eli manning uh but i think uh here the edge here i'm going to give it to patrick mahomes because uh patrick mahomes i think is playing better football he's coming off of playing better football as well in that uh bills game and um Yes, he does have that uh, lingering injury. I think he has a turf toe, I believe, but um, he'll fight through that. I think um, the edge here, I think I'm going to have to give it to uh, Patrick Mahomes. And honestly, statistically, I think Mahomes was probably more consistent also. And uh, playoff playoffs uh, statistics, even for this year, um, I think he's also been performing better. And uh, Mahomes... Yeah, I, I, I'm just uh, – I'll just give the edge to Mahomes here in this uh, quarterback category. But you can honestly say it's Tom Brady, so he can turn it up at any given moment. So definitely that's a quarterback matchup. Obviously, we'll decide the game and the victor of this game. Yeah, and it's interesting. I, I'd also go with Mahomes, and I'd say more than anything, it's the mobility that Mahomes gives you and his ability to extend plays. Obviously, Tom Brady has never been that type of guy, never has been, and he's never he's not going to magically be that guy at age 43 in his 10th Super Bowl. But Mahomes gives you that edge, and I guess overall, that mobility is probably the biggest difference maker. I think I think Brady does a lot of great things, dude. I think his deep ball, has people are saying he doesn't have the arm strength for that, but it's he still very much does. I, it was like lots of things that you didn't think he could do. People thought, oh, you know, he couldn't do anything in New England back in 2019. He's washed. But clearly the problem in New England was not having weapons. And he used to be able to carry wide, bad wide receivers. I think at this point of his career, he can't do that to the same extent, which is why he struggled in New England. And going to Tampa Bay where he has Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, he has a lot more weapons everywhere. And that sort of benefits him more, especially with that quick passing game that he's always been favored with. And now with Bruce Arians, it's gotten to way more, it's transitioned to way more deep strikes. I think the most interesting thing between this quarterback battle though, is both these quarterbacks are quarterbacks where you, usually they ended up, if they, if they have the ball to end the game, they're going to win the game. Like, I think other than 
you can add Aaron Rodgers to this list and Russell Wilson. Those are the four guys I want to have as a quarterback to have the last drive and drive down the field for a game-winning touchdown or game-winning field goal. And we're seeing both of them on in the Super Bowl matchup, two out of the four, Brady on one sideline, Mahomes on the other. And I feel like usually I would lean towards the Chiefs, right? Or the Bucks, depending on who, it doesn't matter who they're playing. I'd just be like, if it's a one possession game, I trust Tom Brady. If it's a one possession game, I trust Patrick Mahomes. But here it's a one possession game and I don't know who I can trust because I trust both of them equally to win the game at the end of the game. So it's, it's very much an interesting storyline and probably the most intriguing thing out of the Super Bowl matchup for the quarterbacks. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, if, if honestly, if uh, Tom Brady becomes is the better quarterback in this game, then um, I think the game will could end up being a blowout. Uh, I think it, it needs to it needs to have Mahomes needs to stay ahead. I think in order for um, the Chiefs to have any chance in this game. But uh, yeah, man, Brady's legacy is just uh, that that legacy he has is just too overpowering. And many people, even this past week, have been saying that this is a must-win game for Patrick Mahomes in his career because uh, he's the only guy I think remaining that honestly has that greatest player of all time uh, um, potential, and he's got to beat Tom Brady to get that. And if he can't beat Tom Brady, I think that that argument. For him, I think is is gone, and a lot of people have been have been saying that. And I think just because of that narrative, I think he's got to step it up a notch. And uh, that so that that's definitely that positional matchup between uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady is going to be very very interesting to to look out for. Um, next, I think uh, we can talk about I guess the Chiefs and the Bucks, the running back game, the running game. Uh, obviously, here the Chiefs have uh, Clyde Edwards Elaire and Le'Veon Bell as their running backs. But Clyde Edwards Elair hasn't—he's been good, but he hasn't been—he's been hurt, and uh, this postseason he hasn't looked the best. And uh, on the other hand, the Bucks have Leonard Fournette, and Leonard Fournette has been killing it. He's been carrying the role very well. And uh, on top of that, they have Ronald Jones Jr. And Ronald Jones Jr. Is, has probably one of the—he—he's definitely one of the top running backs this season in the entire league. He was averaging at five yards per carry, having having a total of a thousand over a thousand yards and uh, eight touchdowns. And uh, yeah, I mean, Clyde Edwards Elaire was getting four point four yards per carry. He had eleven hundred total yards and five touchdowns. I mean, and I, I mean, it's just Leonard Fournette has looked more impressive in uh, in the playoffs, and uh, Chiefs defense. I'm not, I'm really, we're gonna get into D line obviously for the yards per carry and everything, but I just think uh, regardless, I think the Bucks the Bucks with their O line that they have, which we'll also talk about later on, but I think also Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, they've been proven to play very well so far in this postseason and in the regular season. Clyde Edwards-Helaire has been hurt. Le'Veon Bell came in late. He hasn't necessarily proven to be special by any means that he, he hasn't looked good was. this season yeah he hasn't he, he's not the same running back that he was even last year with the Jets he's he's at, he's definitely it's definitely trending downwards for him and um, but regardless uh I think the edge here you have to give it to um the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah and I think the most important thing is I feel like the Bucks have been running extremely well in the playoffs 
They ran it well against the uh, the Washington football team. I think they had like 140 yards in their second playoff matchup against the who did they face the Saints, who are a really good run defense in their own right. I think they're probably top five on the league when it came to that statistic. And then they ran a pretty decent game against Green Bay, who also has a who. I mean, they haven't had, they haven't had the toughest run defense, but I think the thing is they didn't run for a lot of yards, but they ran for a lot of first downs in that game. And I think that's something that is sort of almost underrated. So I would definitely give the edge for the running backs here and just the running game to the bucks. I think we can move on to positional matchups for the lines. I think we can start off with the chiefs offensive line versus the bucks defensive line. And I think this is probably arguably the second biggest storyline outside of the, the quarterbacks, the chiefs offensive line. They start off with Mitchell Schwartz, who is an all-pro caliber player. He got hurt. I think he tore something in his ACL, I think I want to I say. And then they had um, – I can't pronounce his name, but it's Laurent Detardif, I believe, who – he, he was the guy who opted out for COVID because he's a doctor and he wanted to prioritize his patients and all that. So they lost their starting guard. And then Colicchio Assembly, I think late in the season against the Raiders, he also got injured and he's out. So that was their backup left guard. And now I think their right guard is also hurt. And then recently, as in the last game against the Bills in the AFC Championship game, Eric Fisher, who's former, I want to say, first overall pick, yep. is, I don't know if he's one an all pro, but he is definitely one of the best left tackles in the league. And he's also out now with the torn Achilles. So this entire offensive line is essentially reshuffled. They only have one starter who started a week one, who was their center. Other than that, everyone else is sort of miss. It's just a mismatch. And the, the biggest problem I think is the fact that Eric Fisher tore his Achilles right now. If he torn his Achilles, like say like week 17 or the first playoff game, you could have had an opportunity to try out your combinations and, you know, have some game sense, but instead you're just set, you're just throwing out the back up there and hoping all goes well. And I think this is the match, the, the biggest mismatch that the bucks have to take advantage of because they did it against the, the green Bay Packers, the green Bay Packers, very similar storyline. They lost their left tackle, David Bakhtiari uh, to a torn ACO. I think I want to say week 17, it was, or week 16, they lost their t- starting left tackle. And then, the game against the Bucks, what really came down to the biggest difference maker? I think we talked about the refs and we talked about how their cornerback, um, Kevin King, sucked for the Packers. But the biggest difference maker was the fact that the Bear, uh, the Bucks were getting consistent pressure on Aaron Rodgers and they're beating a Jason Pierre Paul, um, another cornerstone in Shaquille Barrett. They're popping off, they're preying on these, these poor starters for the Packers. And they had, I think, 16 QB pressures. Um, I mean, they had 16 QB pressures back in week 12. And that was with Eric Fisher in the lineup against the Bucks. And now without Eric Fisher, I think that's only going to go up. They're going to pressure Patrick Mahomes even more. And I think they just, uh, the, this front four with Indomitian Sue and Vita Vea, they completely destroyed Aaron Rodgers and stopped the run game last week for the Packers. And I think they, they're, it's going to be a repeat, honestly. And it's a good ma- match for them. I'm definitely going to give the edge to the Bucks D line and stopping the run and generating pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And I think that's probably the key to the game. Yeah. Um, so you cover both the lines here. So offensive line, definitely, uh, 
it's going to be problematic for the Chiefs. You know, like you mentioned, like you mentioned, Kalike Osmele and uh, Mitchell Schwartz, and then Laurent uh, Tarde, um, he Tardif, I mean, and then uh, Eric Fisher went down last week, and I believe the only original position left is uh, this their center uh, Austin Ryder. Um, but through all that, those problems, uh, they've been working well. They've allowed only 24 sacks on the season, which is still very good. Uh, um, the problem is, man, they're against the, – the, the, the Bucks' offensive line is also just stellar. I mean, Tristan Wirfs, that, that, that guy is just special, man. No, Tristan Wirfs is a monster. And I don't know if you know this, Arib, he's played every single snap, 1,284 mm-hmm. yep. snaps so far. And he's only allowed one snap, one sack. I bet he's only allowed yeah, one right sack for the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, talk about like offensive rookie of the year and all this stuff. The offensive linemen never really get that much credit. One snap, one. I mean, one sack on every single snap played, and he's the only player on the Bucks to play every single snap. I think that's incredible that uh, that he's been there. He's been playing at a high level all throughout, and. Uh, the Bucks allowed 22 sacks on the year, two better than the Chiefs. But regardless, though, the Bucks didn't lose the starting left tackle while the Chiefs did. And Eric Fisher is definitely important, man. And with this Bucks pressure that's going to be going on there, I think it's safe to say that even for Edge, that Bucks D line is just going to be killer. Yes, um, Frank Clark and Chris Jones are there for the Chiefs, and those guys are very, very good uh, defensive linemen. But I think. The Bucks D line is just man. They got Ndamukong Sue, Vita Vea, William Goldston, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. Those guys, I think, they're gonna keep on bringing pressure like they did against the Packers when David Bakhtiari was gone. And honestly, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a long night, man. I mean, it's 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 quite worrisome uh, what's been going on here. And um, yeah, D line and O line, you got to give the edge uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, and going on to the next position group, flipping it, Chiefs defensive line versus the Bucks O-line. You kind of hit on it. But the Bucks O-line, I think, is ranked at fourth in the league, according to PFF. And I remember coming into the season, we said the biggest thing that they needed to do, uh, talking about the Tampa Bay Bucks, was being able to keep Tom Brady upright. And they did it, and they've done it this season. They drafted Tristan Wharfs. Uh, with their first round pick. And I, I don't know if he's an all pro, but he's definitely, he's definitely in the running if he didn't win it. And then they have a lot of other guys. And I think overall the unit isn't that flashy when it comes to names like Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, Aaron Stenny. But as a whole, they're playing really good football. They're running the ball pretty well down the stretch in the playoffs. Like I just said, with the running game, uh, with the running backs and they're protecting Tom Brady. Uh, you hit on it. 22 sacks. I think you said, they are protecting the quarterback, Tom Brady, and that is the key to win. And the Chiefs defensive line, I think according to PFF, they're ranked 14th when it came to pressures, which is pretty average. I think they have good players there. They have Frank Clark, the defensive end, who they traded from. I think he was traded from the 49ers. Seattle, Seattle. Seattle, Seattle, yeah. yeah. Seattle. And then Chris Jones, who is a top three, top five defensive tackle in the league. And they have good players. But I think overall, they've been pretty sporadic when it comes to generating pressure on the quarterback and stopping the run. They're very much an average team in that regard. And I think that 
the Bucks definitely have the advantage when it comes to protecting Tom Brady and opening up lanes for the running game against this Chiefs D-line. Definitely. I, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, we can move on to, I guess, the linebackers. I think that's pretty important. Um, I think, honestly, the Bucks linebacking corp, Arib, I think that might be the best linebacking corps in the NFL. Uh, they, I mean, there's no holes, bro. I mean, they got Devin White, Levante David, Shaq Barrett. I mean, that's that's a monstrous linebacking core. They have Deion Buchanan, obviously, on the bench, Cam Gill, Kevin Minter. Uh, I mean, JPP. I, I, yeah, they, they, that, that's stacked, man. Devin and, White uh, is one of those players, Amal, who every time I watch him, I watch him and Roquan Smith, the, guy, the linebacker out of Chicago, and they're always – just around the ball. They're always making tackles, forcing losses. They're always knocking passes away from tight ends and stuff. And I think Devin White plus Levante David, who has been one of the most underrated linebackers of the last decade, I think that combination is just very deadly. And I just think overall, just taking the front sevens as a whole for the Chiefs uh, versus the front seven for the Bucks, I just think there's no real debate here when it comes to which team has the advantage? Like, I yeah, just think no doubt. Yeah, overall, the defensive front, the front seven for both these teams. Like, yes, there are decent players, I think, for the Chiefs. Like I said, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Anthony Hitchens, a solid guy. But when it comes to just overall talent and the way they're meshing, and I think just thinking about how they're playing down the stretch, which is important. I don't care about, I'm just listing names here. You might not even know who these names are if you're listening, but as a unit, this Bucks unit, all you have to do is watch them play Aaron Rodgers. They're able to stop the run against the Packers. They're able to tackle guys consistently. They're able to generate tons of pressure on Aaron Rodgers. And I think if you watch the the Bill uh, the Chiefs defensive line, and I guess they did pretty good against as a whole against the Bills. But go back their entire the, the last two games as a whole. Uh, going back to who did they face in the second round? Um, well, I'm forgetting, but this is their defense as a whole, I haven't come away looking extremely impressed. They had a good game against the Bills, but I think that was more of like the Bills just not being ready for the moment. And I just think talent-wise and the way they're playing as a unit, I've got to give the edge to the Bucks from a front seven point of view. And I know you wanted to talk about the back four when it comes to the DBs. So I'll let you take that away because I think you have an interesting opinion about that one. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, right before we get to that, um, Kansas City also lost their rookie linebacker, Willie Gay, um, who I believe to an inj- a knee injury. But um, And he was probably their best coverage linebacker on the team if you saw the Kansas City Chiefs play. Um, but, I mean, the linebacker, that entire unit's very important as uh, the Chiefs have allowed the second most receiving yards to running backs. Quite crazy stat, but I mean, you, that that's why you have to give the massive edge to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. There, um, so for secondary here, I think this is probably one of the closer head-to-head. Um, I guess in terms of categorical matchups, uh, the Chiefs secondary they've been playing pretty well this year. Uh, Tyron Matthew has looked incredible. Uh, the versatility he brings is definitely important. Bashad Breeland, they have uh, Rashad Fenton, Daniel Sorensen, uh, Charvarius Char- Char- Ward. Um, those are their guys, I think, that, that start, I believe. 
they're, they've been playing pretty well. Um, I think they've allowed, I think, 246 passing yards at a 62% completion rate compared to the Bucks, 270 yards and 67.9% completion rate. I think also the main thing here, they play press coverage more than uh, most teams. Uh, and they, they send about six defenders to the quarterback more than eight. So they, they like to get toward the quarterback. And um, Chiron Matthew definitely helps that out for sure. And my main thing here with the why I take them over the Bucks, I think the Bucks may be more talented. Obviously, they they um they've got I believe Antoine Winfield Jr., Jordan Whitehead, who had an incredible game, Jamel Dean, uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, Sean Murphy Bunting's a fraud, but they still have him. Uh, Carlton Davis. I mean, the, the, those guys are still definitely they're definitely more talented uh, uh secondary, but uh. Yeah, the, the my thing here is uh just the pressure that I think the secondary can bring, and uh, yeah, just playing that press coverage. I think uh, the way that they get at the quarterback and the success rate from that, especially this past season, I'm going to take uh, the Kansas City Chiefs here with the edge. Yeah, I'd say it's honestly pretty level for me. I probably go push. But I think the more important thing is going to the matchup for these. Think about the Chiefs' weapons versus the Bucks' DBs. I mean, I've got to give the advantage to the Chiefs' weapons because, first of all, they have Travis Kelsey, and I don't think anyone there's a player in the league other than probably Derwin James who can cover Travis Kelsey. So Travis Kelsey, the tight end for the Chiefs. I already I said he's the MVP of that team, and that's a statement I'm willing to stand by. And then for just the wide receivers as a whole, I mean, you have Tyreek Hill, you have Sammy Watkins, you have Demarcus Robinson. Pretty much just insert you have fast guy here, and the Chiefs have that. They have speed, and we saw what Tyreek Hill was able to do against this Bucks defense in Week 12. Week 12, 13 catches, 269 yards, three touchdowns, all in the first half. It was ridiculous what Tyreek Hill was able to do. And yes, the Bucks were able to slow him down. I think they they almost completely eliminated him from the game after that first half, which I've got to give massive credits to Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, for that. I think they started playing so at, more at, uh, too high fourth safety. Quarter, I think the fourth quarter they eliminated him. Not the third quarter, he also had a touchdowns too. But yeah, I think uh, definitely they limited Tyreek Hill regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they started sure. playing some more too high and trying to shade, you know, shadow your coverage more towards him as a safety, which is very important because you've got to have someone over the top for Tyreek Hill. And once that happened, I mean, you have, we have solid corners here, quality corners, Carlton Davis. He, he's not a bad corner. And I think once he got help over the top, he was able to pretty much keep uh, Tyreek Hill kind of in check to where he wasn't really having a major impact on the game. And I think that's going to be very important. Can Devin White play? Can Devin White, can Antoine Winfield, can Jordan Whitehead, can those guys, if they have to, Levante David, the linebacker, can they play up against Travis Kelsey? And if, if it goes to a man-on-man or zone situation, can they cover him? I don't think they can, but if they can sort of stifle the amount of damage that Travis Kelsey does, it can be a good matchup. But I've just got to give the edge to the Chiefs' weapons uh, versus the Bucks' secondary here. I think... They, they just got too much talent. Yeah, I think I'm with you here. I think uh, Chiefs, Chiefs, uh, Chiefs receiving core is just simply too good. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you for both, honestly. I mean, you haven't mentioned, obviously, what you think of uh, the 
Bucks receiving core versus the Chiefs secondary. But even for that, I'm gonna take the Chi uh, the um Bucks uh receiving core. Uh they've looked good, man. Uh the Bucks with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They're going to get Antonio Brown back, uh hopefully for for the big game. Rob Gronkowski had a big a big target in the last game that he had. Um, but yeah, I think uh just them I I don't mean obviously they got the secondary problems are definitely still there with the Chiefs, but I mean it's gonna be difficult covering uh not let alone one, but two elite wide receivers and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And if Antonio Brown shows up to play, that's three. And an unguardable tight end in Rob Gronkowski. So it's it's still going to be a very difficult for both sides, honestly, because the Tyreek Hill is unguardable still. And the Bucks figured it out for one out of the four quarters of the game, maybe one and a half to two quarters of the game. But – and – they they lost honestly only because of that he they got burned and if they solve that out then maybe they can figure out him in this game so uh that's definitely important here i do want to compare the receiving core to receiving core reeb uh, uh i think here even receiving core the edge here you'd have to give it also to the bucks because Yes, the Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey duo is better than the Mike Evans, Chris Godwin duo. But I think the Chiefs, the the Bucks just have more men. They got Scotty Miller, they got A B, they got um, they got Gronk. But I mean, it, it it's definitely close. Uh, McCall Hardman's there also for the Chiefs. But yeah, it, it's definitely. It's, I'm gonna give the edge, slight edge to the to the Bucks receiving core. In that in that regard, even though it's very possible you can make the argument they got two of the most unstoppable players uh, in the NFL with the Chiefs and uh, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd agree with you on that one. I think th- I think the duo of Kelsey and Tyree Kill is good, or not even good. It's very much an elite duo, probably the best duo in the league in all honesty. But I think you have a trio, maybe even like a quad, a quartet of players for the bucks and i think you've got to give the edge to them there um i think we've gone through all the positional matchups i I guess other than special teams special teams harrison bucker tommy send a sound can the sound townsend the um kicker and the punter for the chiefs and then ryan Suckup and brad lupinian Honestly, I'd give the edge to the chiefs here i think they're, they're better at both positions but special teams Hopefully, shouldn't have that big of an impact on the game. It but did think, in it did in the Rams, uh, the Rams Patriots Super Bowl, though. <laughs> that is true, but hopefully, and I, I swear, if we get another one of those Super Bowls, I'm probably gonna fall asleep. But I think we got to go into the keys to winning the game. And I think for the Bucks, there are a few. First of all, you've done it pretty well all season, but I think you need to protect Tom Brady. That's the key. And I think. Second, I think you need to run the ball as well as you can because the only time the Chiefs really lost an actual game was back in, I think, week six against the Raiders. And the Raiders were able to run the ball really effectively and control the time of possession. And I think the only way you can do that is by running the ball effectively. And they've been doing it decently well. Third, I think they need to pressure Mahomes and try to force turnovers. And I think they're going to do a pretty good job at that. I think what we saw from them against the Packers in the NFC championship game was a pretty good sign. If you're a Bucks fan, they were completely 
they're just consistently in the backfield, constantly harassing Aaron Rodgers, constantly stopping the run. And that's what we got to do. You got to put pressure on Mahomes and hope that he makes a bad decision or makes a stupid off-platform throw that he's usually good at hitting. But even Mahomes, he's a great player, but even Mahomes under pressure, you've got to you got to think that he's he's beatable there. And I think fourth is probably the most important one of them all. And this is the last one for me for the keys for the Bucks to win this game. But they need to they need to stop the Chiefs in the red zone. Uh, in that the first Packers uh, the first game against the uh, the Chiefs week twelve, the, the Chiefs were up twenty one to zero, I believe, and then they were able to hold them to two field goals the rest of the game, and that's what made the game really close. The game ended up uh, ending twenty seven to twenty four, and it, honestly, if there was a fifth quarter of that game, the Bucks would have won because they figured out how to slow down this Chiefs offense and how to stop these touchdowns and convert them to field goal attempts instead. That's what you got to do if you're the, the Bucks if you want to win this game. Yeah, for me, I think another big one here is uh, abuse Rob Gronkowski, man. That worked for the last time they met. And uh, Rob Gronkowski had 100 yards receiving on her six receptions. If, if, that, if that's really the way that the Chiefs still continue to cover him in that game, I think uh, – that's definitely a key for the Bucks, just to add on. But I think overall, I think you hit your you hit all your points. I think the key here for the Chiefs to win this game is just the protection of Patrick Mahomes. I think that's definitely an X factor, considering they did just lose their right tackle and all the injuries that have been going on. And I believe right now they have uh they have, they have Mike Remmer that left tackle and the right tackles Andrew Wiley, and then they got uh Stephen Wisniewski from the Eagles actually. And then uh, Austin Ryder, like we said, at center. But, um, yeah, the main thing there for the keys to win, obviously protect Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's a given for any type of football game. It's important that you need to protect your quarterback. If you can't protect your quarterback, you're gonna you're not going to win the game. I saw that going on for many years with my Indianapolis Colts, and then they fixed that problem when they were able to protect the quarterback. Uh, second key to win here is uh, Tyreek Hill needs to – honestly pop off the exact same way maybe not as dynamic obviously he doesn't need to get 269 yards and three (laughs) touchdowns but he needs to have at least 100 yards in this game i I believe for the chiefs to win and uh travis kelsey had 82 yards the last time they played i think he needs to have probably around the similar performance and i and he will get a similar performance he's been averaging i think close to 100 yards a game so i mean there's obviously no problems there um so just maintaining that obviously and uh, another key here, yeah, like I said before, they need to contain uh, Rob Gronkowski, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. I mean, I'm just stating obvious things that even if you didn't watch any football this year, just based off looking at the people, these names, I think you can automatically make these assumptions on the keys for the Chiefs winning this game. You have to have Patrick Mahomes playing well. You need Tyreek Hill to play well, Travis Kelsey to play well, and this defense to be able to contain Tom Brady. I didn't think the only way that you can contain Tom Brady is by covering very well coverage. And obviously the pressure that the Chiefs secondary brings that definitely needs, needs to be there. Um, but yeah, I think uh, those are like the overall keys. But obviously the Chiefs keys to the winning is definitely much easier said than done. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if they just got to match what they did uh, week, uh, week 12, the Packers lost twice to the Bucks. The Saints beat the Bucks twice and lost to the Bucks. The Washington football team didn't really have their starting quarterback. 
So uh, I'll give them a pass, I guess. But I mean, the Bucks have so far had a had quite the quite a tough road to the Super Bowl, and they've been proving everyone wrong. They were the underdogs in two out of the three games to get there. They're the underdogs here at the Super Bowl as well. So uh, I mean, they could definitely be the underdogs here and upset uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and because they they follow the game plan and uh yeah i think you hit the nail on the head i think with all those uh the key points for the bucks to win and if they hit that they will win this game and they'll win this game well yeah i'm gonna add one more key for the chiefs um you hit on obviously putting pressure on tom brady but i think another one is you have to capitalize off of any turnovers and tom brady 12 picks that's the high that's the most picks he's thrown in a season in a long time. I think it's been probably five seasons since he's thrown that many picks or probably even longer in all honesty. And the Packers were not able to capitalize on those turnovers. You saw Tom Brady making knuckleheaded decisions and it wasn't really, you know, normal Tom Brady in all honesty. Like that's just not what, that's not what we saw in that third and fourth quarter for the, the, the Tampa Bay bucks. But when it comes down to it, if the bucks, force a turnover of Tom Brady. They need to capitalize on it. And I think that's very important for them to win this game. And just for the record, the last time Tom Brady threw 12 or more picks is 2011 where he threw 12. So it's, it's been a long time since he's been this turnover prone. And I think the chiefs definitely got to capitalize on that, but I think we should go into our predictions them all. I think I know the way you're heading. I think you're going to side with the better quarterback, but I want to hear what you got to say. Yeah, I mean, definitely going to be an interesting game. Uh, no doubt about it. I'm going to, obviously, like you said, I'm going to lean with the better quarterback. I've been picking the better quarterback for a lot of these Super Bowls. Uh, and it's been going the right way, I should say, for the most part. The only one I really got wrong in the Super Bowl predictions-wise is probably the um, – the Eagles one, I have to be. I, I mean, that's probably the only one I really got wrong. Even the Falcons one, I did predict the Patriots were going to win, even though Matt Ryan won MVP. But you have to go pick with the better, uh, with better quarterback. The better quarterback normally wins here. Uh, Chiefs are favorites in this game. I believe they're three point favorites. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think the Chiefs will cover the spread. And uh, I think uh, the Kansas City Chiefs will become the first back-to-back champions since the great man himself, Tom Brady. Uh, so that's going to be uh, my prediction here. And uh, obviously Super Bowl MVP, I forgot that. Uh, I think it'll be Tyreek Hill. That's my Super Bowl MVP. Okay, so I've, I've, I'm going to pick the Bucks, bro. I think we've, we've gone through all the positional matchups. I think the Bucks have an advantage in every single one other than the quarterback, I think. And if not, then it's pretty level, especially with the secondaries. But I think overall the Bucs are a better team. They're playing like the better team right now as a whole, as a unit, as a football team. The biggest difference, like you said, is Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. And I think when it comes down to it, I think the Bucs get the ball at the end of the game, I, I expect them to win the game. And if the Chiefs get the ball at the end of the game, I expect them to win the game. But I did, that, that's just a weird way to pick a game for me because it's sort of just flipping a coin. But at the end of the day, I think Tom Brady is going to come in with this this idea that, you know what, I'm an underdog. And he, I don't think he's he's felt that way, that it, he's being disrespected. It's like in the media. People are, people are picking 
Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs because they're saying Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback, blah, blah, blah. I think Tom Brady, he's definitely the type of guy to say, I took that personally, like a Michael Jordan and pop off and prove why he actually is the greatest of all time. And I just think there's no, there's a reason why you pick, you pick the Chiefs because they have the better quarterback. And I think at the end of the day, that's extremely, extremely important. Like the quarterback plus the head coach, we, we didn't even head on, but Andrew Reed versus Bruce Arians, there isn't a question. Andrew Reed is a way better play caller, way better play designer, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I think the Bucs have a better overall team. And I think Tom Brady, the difference between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes is not that different. So I think just overall, I think I'm going to go with the Bucs here. And I just think Tom Brady is just primed to win his seventh Super Bowl and prove to everyone why he actually is the greatest of all time. And maybe that's just wishful thinking because I believe he is the greatest of all time. But I just, I just can't, I help, I can't help but feel that the last time they faced the, the the Chiefs, Week Twelve, if that game lasted another quarter, they would have won that game. The Chiefs were not playing well, good football in the third and fourth quarter, and the Bucks were. The Bucks figured out that the team, they figured out what they had to do to stop the Chiefs' offense. They figured out what they had to do on the offensive side of the ball to score against the Chiefs' defense, and I just think that's going to carry on. Patrick Mahomes, he's a great quarterback, but I just think Tom Brady isn't necessarily something on another level, but he also is something on another level. And yeah, no, no, like no, 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 I agree. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you also said like the Saints, they, they lost the Saints twice and then they came with an, a game plan. They knew what they had to do to win and they executed that game plan to a T to beat the, to beat the Chiefs, uh, to beat the Saints rather. And then Packers. Everyone thought the Packers were going to have a good shot at winning this game because they're coming in. It was, it was in Lambeau cold. Aaron Rodgers would have vengeance. But at the end of the day, the Bucks defense is what stood up and did the job. And I think the Bucks defense is going to have to come up with some key plays here. And I think they do. So I've gone on a long tangent here, but I'm picking the Bucks to win this game. Dad, I mean, it's going to be a close one regardless of who the pick is. Um, yeah, I mean, this is not a legacy-defining game for Tom Brady. Tom Brady could lose this game by 50, and it wouldn't matter. Uh, he's he's going to be an all-time great winner or loss. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, this is a legacy-defining game in the aspect of uh, if he goes back-to-back, he's in some elite company, actually with the quarterback he's facing against. And uh, this could be also uh, revenge for him, too, because uh, – he lost uh, two years ago in the AFC Championship game to Tom Brady. And honestly, you're not going to – obviously, overtime rules, the Pats got the ball first, they won. But also the the pre-snap penalty um, for offsides, that also was a cause for that. But, I mean, regardless, the Pats won the game. So I definitely think Mahomes is going to be invigorated in that aspect. And yes, the Bucks had their reasons to be invigorated. They did lose to the to the Chiefs, and they were humiliated by how Tyreek Hill uh, had all those yards in basically one quarter. And uh, they're definitely working hard to shut him down and prove me wrong that he won't win a Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, it's it's going to be a definitely a good one. And who's your Super Bowl MVP if the Bucks do win? I'm going to go with Tom Brady. I mean. Just the quarterback's going to win it. But I think low-key, if I were to Tom pick Brady didn't win one, the last one. That's why I'm saying. I'm going to – if I were to pick one, I'd probably go on the defensive side of the ball, and I'd go with someone like a Devin White or a Shaq Barrett because I think 
Shaq Barrett, I mean, if he can force a fumble or do something along those lines, I think he has a pretty good pathway to winning Super Bowl MVP. But that's do you think any of these teams will have a big lead in the game? I could see the Bucs having a lead. If I'm predicting how this game goes, I just think it's going to be a a shootout, and then there's going to be some key defensive spots uh, stops late in the game, and that's how the game's going to end. If that's how I were to predict, so no, I don't think anyone's going to have a big lead. I mean, maybe a lead of like ten points, but I don't know if you count that as a big lead, especially nowadays with no ten points is and the Chiefs. They they Um, both come back from ten too easily, so you can't you can't say you can't say that as big lead, yeah. Mm -hmm. But they've also come back from big leagues. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like both these teams, I mean, we've seen the, the Chiefs definitely do it and the Bucks have done it as well this season. So, yeah, final takeaways. I'm going with the Bucks. You're going with the Chiefs and more. Anything else you want to say before we head out of our Super Bowl preview show, which somehow we are at Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, somehow. I didn't think it would be possible, but February 3rd today and Super Bowl is February 7th. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely, we de- we never expected to be here. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, we were there. Were obviously, some skepticism entering into the season whether we'd be able to complete it. I'm gonna. We can finally say we complete it after Sunday night for sure. But um, yeah, it's been an incredible week, incredible season. I think 20 weeks total. Um, incredible. We've been going for this streak as well. We've been posting every week. That's been incredible as well. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I can't wait for this game. This is definitely a, probably the high, most highly participated game, obviously, of the year. And uh, can't wait to watch it. Uh, I'm not going to let you get off the hook here because uh, we I do want to get into a little bit of some uh, current news that's going on. I know Reeves' <sighs> face. You can see Reeves' face. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can you can see how Reeves just doesn't even want to get into this topic. Uh this is obviously related to his Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz, according to uh, Adam Schefter, wants out. The Eagles would like to fix the situation. I didn't want to bring this topic up, by the way. It's just like, this is a podcast. At the end of the day, we talk football. And <laughs> this enough. isn't a, it's the Super Bowl podcast. It's not related to Carson Wentz. It shouldn't be mentioned. But this is too important to not be mentioned uh Carson Wentz wants out of Philly um the Eagles would like to fix the situation with him and keep him in Philly but if they do end up trading him they'd want no less than a first round pick Reeb and also it just came out recently I believe while we were recording that uh Carson Wentz intended on requesting for a trade uh before Doug Peterson got fired so the thoughts on uh all these situations floor is yours yeah, I mean, if uh, I think I'm just going to give a quick thing because I'm definitely going to rant about this, especially in the offseason. But Carson Wentz, I think he's just done with the Eagles. I feel like he has, he, they, he feels like they haven't given him respect, probably because of the Jordan, uh, not the Jordan love. Probably, I mean, it stems all the way back to the Super Bowl. They built a statue for the guy who won the Super Bowl at, right when there was another quarterback who was presumed to be the, the franchise savior in Carson Wentz. And they built the statue of Nick Foles. And then right after that, they drafted a set, right after another good season by Carson Wentz, where he led the team to the playoffs. He had won the locker room over. They drafted a, a, a player in Jalen Hurts to, I mean, a second round pick. It definitely looks like he's being replaced. And I think he's just done with the Eagles as a whole. And I, I think he still stays 60 40. I'd bet he stays, but it's starting to look more and more like Carson Wentz just doesn't want to be back in Philly. He doesn't feel like he's being respected. 
And there are people saying he's shying away from a quarterback competition. I don't necessarily know if that's true. He hasn't actually said that, but I think at the end of the day, I think he has some sort of beef, if you will, with the front office, Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman. And that's probably why he's, uh, he's, so, uh, I mean, quote unquote, asking for a trade again, he hasn't said anything publicly like Deshaun Watson, who is clearly saying, I want to get traded. So you got to take everything that is said with a grain of salt. Even Adam Schefter, he, he, if you actually heard his report, he was, he was, he wasn't like a hundred percent sure. He was, he said something like if I were to believe, like, you know, like sort of like words that are sort of like unsure, but at the end of the day, it's just not a good situation for Philly. And yeah, that, yeah, that's my take on it. As in definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, obviously the last one that I do want to mention as the video game uh, enthusiast, uh, NCAA mm-hmm. football is back on EA Sports. That's a big one for sure. Uh, would have loved seeing it the past like couple of years, definitely with Trevor Lawrence. I would want to see how he is in a video game. Same with like uh, maybe like Jalen Hurts in college was also really good to uh, – uh, even this past year, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow, and that LSU off that LSU football team's um, incredible. I would have loved to see that in CA that in a video game. But yeah, I mean that that's really all that I have to cover in news, and that's all I have to say in this podcast. Uh, final podcast of uh, the 2020-2021 NFL season. Yeah, and I just want to finish this podcast off by saying, everyone, enjoy your pizza, enjoy your hot wings, buffalo wings, whatever you're you're going to be eating, Super Bowl, um, on Super Bowl night. Enjoy it. Wings, pizza, I don't know, maybe you like ice cream while you're watching commercials or something and watching football. But if you are that weirdo who likes ice cream, enjoy that too. That's all for me. Thank you, and have a good Super Bowl weekend, and I am hyped. So that, that's, just, that's just how I'm going to finish it off good Super Bowl 55 and hopefully it's a good game. Thank you. Peace out and adios.